Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the weekly show of Classroom Without Wars. My name is I. I'm the host of this weekly live streaming show. And uh, welcome to episode 139. On this show, I interview leading entrepreneurs, business leaders, small business owners to come here to share their best practices with us so that we can future-proof our business. And today I'm interviewing my dear friend and client, Junbea, to share her incredible, incredible journey from being fired to growing a multi-million dollar company. And uh, June, uh, I discovered her when she joined my program and I said, get to know her. I was like, wow, what an incredible woman and business leader. And today is also a very special day for June and her team at Bayer Group because they just got the Fast Company 2020 Innovation by Design Award. And really, really proud of her and her team and really, really happy for her and her team. And today, in our interview today, you are going to learn more about her journey, her transformation from being fired to growing this very successful company. And what are some key lessons that you can actually apply to your own business? And we're also going to talk about the importance of organizational culture and the leadership. And what does being a leader mean to her? And also, we are going to discuss more about writing and applying for grants. That's uh, June's uh, Zone of Genius. And so if you are interested in applying for grants to grow your business and just to see what is out there, so make sure you stay for the entire interview and you are going to learn some best practices and learn some free resources that you can use right now to help you identify those opportunities if you are interested in applying for grants. And uh, we are live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Periscope, and on Twitch. So if you are live with us right now, please let me know in the comment section where you are joining us live from, social media-wise and geographically speaking. I love my global community. And June, welcome to the show. Hi. Well, it's amazing to be here. It is. It's a big day. And uh, yes, it's awesome to, we had booked this a while ago, so it's awesome that we're here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What a nice coincidence, right? Like our color, our top matches. And today is such a special day for you. Really excited. So share with us. And as I introduced you earlier, and you had this really incredible journey and a turning point. So in 2003, this is way before you launched your company, and you actually got fired. And that was four days before you were going to start your maternity leave. And 10 days, I just can't believe this, 10 days before you're giving birth to your very first baby. So bring us back to the memory lane and share that story with us. Yes, well, I have to say, it took me to talk about the story without crying. I mean, it was really emotional for me for many years. I didn't talk about it. I really kept it to myself because I was working for this company that was my dream job. It was the place that when I was in graduate school, it was the place where I had said, oh my gosh, if I could work there, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And so 
So I was able to get a job there and I had been working there for five years. And then, and then I did, I found out uh, from a phone call and then from an email that I was told that I needed to look for another job during mm -hmm. maternity leave. And I was crushed. Oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, I was already hormonal. I was emotional from, I mean, it was my first baby. We didn't know the gender of the baby. We, uh, you know, we had just moved to San Diego. So we had this new house. We were starting a family and here I was, you know, half the income earner of our family and not knowing what was going to happen to us. And so I was really, really devastated and just so hurt that I didn't feel like um, the company cared about me. I didn't feel like I was valued. I didn't feel like I just couldn't understand how someone could do that. I just felt like it was so cruel. And, and then I felt powerless. It was mm -hmm. just devastating. Um, I mean, just thinking back, it still kind of brings back some emotions for me. And so, so then I had to just put it aside because I was going to give birth. I had to be a mom. I had to like figure it out. And thankfully, you know, maternity leave started. I had to focus on giving birth and having a baby. So our daughter was born and, and then, just had to compartmentalize. I couldn't be sad about it. I had, couldn't cry, like, you know. Mm. And so I have to say within the company, there were some just very kind, generous people who, you know, reached out to me and said, it's okay, we can help you. And um, it was really them who got me through it. And uh, yeah, somebody actually called me and said, hey, I'm leaving my job and you can have it. And that's really how I stayed there was, um, yeah, just to be able to know someone did care. And, and then, so I went to another group. I, uh, I realized, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to make the mess, the most of it because I had already put in five years at this company and had the opportunity to build relationships. I was doing good work. So I was able to move over to another group, um, the health and human development group at West ed. And, and my boss there was amazing. Greg Austin. It was, uh, I was really able to thrive in that community. So the person who left, I will always be grateful to. She called me. She hadn't even told other people at West ed she was leaving. She called me and said, you know what, June, you can have my projects. You can have, um, all of the, the stuff and I'll, I'll help you. And so, um, so I will always be grateful to that community of people. And, and I feel like it was, um, yeah, just really important that even within the same company, there were people who were awful, but then people who were great. And so I had to focus on the good. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing this. I, I know it is now easy for you to actually like tell the story and go through the raw emotions again, because when I, decided to reinvent myself to leave academia and I was being bullied now to the extent that what you experienced it was really really hard for me to even talk about it right because you activated layers layers of emotions so thanks for being so vulnerable you know walking the talk it's not really raw yeah it's interesting I hadn't talked about it in a long time but it makes me emotional when I think about the people who really cared about me and valued what I could bring. And so for those folks, I 
am always grateful. So yeah, I told you that I love this comment from Barb and thank you for joining us live. It is so important to be supported, right? And so glad those people were there to support yeah. you. And that's also how, how I overcame a major bullying. So share with us, you know, what are some key lessons that you have learned and how has this experience really inspired you, I think, to a great extent yeah. to start your own company? Oh, well, it just made me feel like I would never treat somebody that way. Mm. And and then it made me think about, well, if I were the boss, if I were to have a company, how would I do something? And so it really did help me understand. I mean, I actually ended up staying at the company for 12 years and wow. really created my own my own environment. I opened a satellite office in San Diego. I had my own team of people. I was able to bring in a lot of contracts to the company. So I learned, I was functioning like an entrepreneur within the company. And so I learned everything I could from a lot of amazing people. And so for me, it just became a natural step to be and start my own company. So I feel like the important pieces of uh, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to bring were just lessons and and reading a lot. I just loved reading about companies and businesses and CEOs and how they did things. So I was really inspired by what other people do. And and so so for me, I just felt like, wow, I really love this idea of starting my own company and doing things and, and being a leader. Yeah, so like, like, is it safe to say that if this didn't happen, you probably wouldn't become the leader, the CEO that you are today? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. Yes. It's really interesting. So, of course, 2020 hindsight, right? For sure. Yeah. Everything shifted for me. Totally, totally. And the same here. I, I think that's a great learning point for everyone watching this live or catching the replay. Whatever happens in life happens for a reason. Even if when this thing happens, you feel like, why did this happen to me? In retrospect, you will understand why, you know, all the dots are actually connecting. Like the same with me. If that friend didn't do that to me, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't really just quit my job and start my own thing. So, yeah. So, right. Right. Yeah. Feel, yeah. I feel like it's one of those of you can't really change what happened, but you could change how you react to it. So for me, it just became, well, I'm going to keep working for this company as long as it works for me mm -hmm. and for my family. And so it was just a mind shift because then I went into this space, which was extremely liberating, which was, well, what are they going to do? Fire me? You know, it was already done. Yeah, I, I love how you said, you know, we can't really change what happened, but we can change how we react, right? So that give you lots of power. Yeah. So after that, fast forward to today, and uh, you are a very, you run a very successful company. This last year, and Bayer Group generated $30.8 million in grants for the schools that you guys are helping with. And really, really uh, incredible. And uh, so share with us, and what does like uh, being a leader mean to you? Wow. Uh, being a leader for me is really about the everyday actions. So it's something where it's how I treat the people around me. It's how I treat, it's literally everybody. So for me, it's not like, oh my God, I have to put on my leader hat. It's that it's being the same person everywhere I go. And I feel like people are, I'm at the place where I'm comfortable with that. 
and also recognizing that it's it's my responsibility as a leader of a company, as the leader of various projects and whatnot, to really show up fully. And so when you say that, I feel like it's really embracing all the pieces of who I am and just showing up authentically. Yeah, I can tell you are very, you know, from the last several months of working with you, I can tell you are a very authentic leader. So with your leadership, I think that's why the company is growing so well. As I mentioned earlier, you guys got this fast company and 2020 Innovation by Design Award, which is really amazing. And based on what I learned, almost 400, no, not 400, 4,000 entries entered this competition and you guys really stood out. So tell us more about this award and what does this winning this award mean to you? It's so interesting. It's one of those where, you know, you put out there the, the goals, the dreams, right? So I was reading Jim Collins' Good to Great and it talks about having these big, hairy, audacious goals, the BHAG. And, and I remember I was having, I had invited a coach to come and talk to my team. And actually it was at this other company and it was, she was just saying, so where do you see yourself five years, 10 years from now? And I remember being so clear that I really wanted the work I was doing to be featured in something in fast company. And I just said it. And I, I always had in the back of my mind that I love Fast Company. I love the articles. I used to get those issues of the best companies each year and like flag, well, where are they? And then do research about them. I just loved what they stand for, the innovation, the just pushing what's possible. And so I thought this would be amazing to have my work featured. And so it's a really big deal. I feel like in the next few days, it's going to really settle in. But right now, we just saw it announced today. And so I sort of am slow to process. So it'll be a little while <laughs> before it fully, fully hits me. So that's incredible. That's incredible. So you guys uh, are the finalists in the category of learning. So maybe you can share with us what is the specific project that you actually submitted to get this uh, prestigious award? <laughs> Well, it's even more special because it's for Work Wonder. So Work mm -hmm. Wonder came out of, it really came out of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we at Bayer Group have been working with Downey Unified School District for a number of years doing an in-person internship with their, their juniors becoming seniors. So the summer between their junior and senior year. And last year we had 115 interns and then COVID-19 happened and mm -hmm. we had to figure out at the time we had about 200 who were already signed up to become interns. And so we couldn't let down hundreds of, of young people. And so thanks to the district support, um, John Harris, we were able to pivot. And so thanks to the district support, the board, people were all very enthusiastic about moving it to become a virtual internship. And so I called it Work Wonder because I love the idea of having work be a journey. So it's your life. And the wonder is really about curiosity and joy and really embracing the what's possible. So for me, those two words are really important. And so Work Wonder was born out of the need to have a journey for young people. So our interns, we actually as Bayer Group, uh, we were responsible for their uh, six week, 100 hour paid work experience. And so 
we designed it thanks to some design thinking that we got from Stanford, the D school, the K-12 lab. And, and so we took a lot of what they did. They had just done a hackathon before we had mm -hmm. started. So we took tools that they used and we mimicked a lot of what, uh, what, what they put us through as adults and we did it with young people. And then I had some amazing partners who were really able to host these special experiences. And so Work Wonder was what we had applied for, for Fast Company. And so, and it was just amazing because we had at that time eight co-designer interns who are high school students and they helped us. Um, even in the application process, they created the video that we submitted about the program. And they, when you see the article, we have a, a Zoom picture because it was all virtual. Mm -hmm. So we have our faces are on um, this picture that, you know, uh, just does the link to the website. So, so I'm super proud because it was co-designed with young people. And it's something that I have dreamed to do as an education researcher, working on education reform, to include youth in the design of of experiences was just something I have cared about for many years and felt strongly about. And suddenly we were put in a position to do it. And so it's just, if I could think of like the ideal way to be recognized by Fast Company, this for sure is, yeah, the best project I've ever worked on to date and to have it be recognized in the magazine that was the big dream is just, I'm, yeah. Oh, I love the story of so many levels. First of all, I feel really honored to actually have a chance to work with some of the interns. They are really great people. And second, I love how you actually showed up with this entrepreneurial spirit, right? With COVID, so many people, companies, they cancel their internships. People enter that victim mentality, right? This happened, what to do? And I either like cry or think about it, complaining about the situation. But what you did is that you and uh, the entire team completely like innovated and pivoted. And you came up with this really incredible paid online virtual internship. I love it. And um, shows to me you are like a great leader, a great visionary. And speaking of which, we have this uh, really uh, incredible comment from Barb that I feel the urge to actually share with everyone. And she works with June and she said that she can attest to her excellent leadership. One thing she does, meaning uh, June better than any other leaders is that she actually empowers her team and inspires them to want to do their best. Oh, wow, that is really powerful. Thanks for sharing, Barb. And I, 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 I love this. So maybe you can also share with us, you know, as we're talking about leadership. So like, what is an organizational culture that you are intentionally to cultivate so that each person can become their best? And as a whole team, you are moving the company forward. So for me, it has, there has to be love. So I'm just going to say it. There has to be love. I feel really strongly that people have to feel cared about, valued, because that is the that's the piece where it's the work is the work. There's always work. It's it's the the relationships. It's really getting to know somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel really strongly that for me, the work is so so. I care about it so deeply that I want other people to care about the work, but I also feel like that's a lot to ask if they don't feel cared for. And so, so that's one piece that I've just come to 
because it's easier to be vulnerable. It's easier to show up fully if that space is created. Mm. I love that. It reminds me of the study side, right? You know, CEOs who are really high on EQ. To me, you are definitely a, a leader high on EQ and who are also empathetic and they actually make better decisions that generate more profit for the organization than CEOs who just show up as a robot, right? So I love that. Yeah, yeah. And you also, I remember uh, one time you shared with me during one of our coaching calls, and you shared with me that you actually uh, did, I don't know how many, like paid vacations for your uh, team. And uh, so share that with us. Why is that important? And what inspired you to do that? Because I don't think many companies are doing that. Not to mention a very small, you know, startup or small business. So share that with us. That's funny. Yes. So I felt like, and I have been doing this for years, even when I was at the other company, I just felt like it's really important to build relationship and to build camaraderie and to build and to do that outside of the confines of the workspace. So, and, and even more important, everybody on my team works remotely. So it's even more important. I have had team members who worked in other States. I have had uh, even people. So, and then sometimes people have met only on the telephone because before COVID-19, we didn't do very many, you know, um, kind of FaceTime or Zoom or or Skype. It was really just hearing people on the phone. So it was important. So actually from the very beginning of starting Bayer Group, it was something that uh, we do annually. And I tend to do it around the time of when the company started. So, so on November 3rd, we're gonna turn six. And so actually I was just talking to our team about what could we do to celebrate because there's a lot to celebrate. So last year we went to Santa Barbara. The year before that we went to Arizona. And so, yes, we have had uh, just important retreats where we could build community, we could build team, and often they're facilitated by um, different folks. And so we we do some team building and then we have some amazing meals because food is really important to me. And so, so yes, we have done these corporate retreats. And, and lastly, last time we had everybody bring their families. So it was really awesome where we could have our kids interact and we could have, and then we could all meet each other's partners. And so it was a really special community building um, thing that we do. And I feel very strongly that it's important and integral to us being able to do the good work that we do. I totally agree. I And I, I think your team um, is, are really lucky to have such a great visionary and team leader, right? I, I think so, because the same as learning in the classroom, you and I, we know, you know, learning is an emotional journey. You have to, research has shown students who are more emotionally invested in the teacher, they are more likely to pay more attention to the class, to do well in the class. So I think that emotional connection is so important for classroom teaching, running a company and uh, and team building for sure. So yeah, yeah. Do you guys always feel like after a retreat, you become like closer as a team? You know what? I, I feel like those are things for my team folks to share. So I have to admit, I'm an only child. And so the idea of being able to create community and to create uh, relationships that are that are long lasting are really important to me. And I feel like it's probably because I am an only child. So for me, it fuels me. So selfishly, I love doing it. So I would 
folks who are out there who want to share what it means to them. I don't want to speak for them. So I know I get a lot out of it. Yeah. Barb is typing like, yes, 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 <laughs> in the comment section. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I'm the only child myself. So I understand that feeling, you know, being in a community. Yeah. And I just saw this comment from uh, Lance. And thank you for joining us live talking about work wonder. And uh, he loves the term. I love the term too. And, uh, you know, you were talking about curiosity it reminds me of what Einstein, he has been talking so much about, which is he's not, he thinks that he's now super smart, but he's extremely curious, right? I think as a teacher, that is something we try to preserve in our children, in our own children and in our students to stay curious. So I, I love the term myself, yeah. I think there was another comment, someone asking about this Fast Company Award. So if they are interested in applying, so do you mind sharing some tips with people who might be interested in giving this a try? For sure. I would say, I have to admit, there were some folks um, who I know who try to talk me out of it. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, it was the idea that, you know, this is premature, you're not really ready, you only have one chance to make a good impression. So all really good advice. But I would say that for me, uh, I have two members who, you know, came to me and said, I think you should do it anyhow, because, because what do you have to lose? Mm -hmm. So I would say that was really good advice. So I would say that to all of you, if you're interested and you feel really strongly, then you should do it. Because if I had listened to the naysayers, then we wouldn't have put our hat in the ring. And I feel like it was really important. And I was so grateful. I have to shout out to Barb because she's the one that said, Jim, we do these application things all the time for other people. Like, why wouldn't we do it for ourselves? And so, so yeah, she said that. I woke up at five in the morning and was like, oh my gosh, we have to apply. Yeah, I just found this article. So I'm gonna share this with everyone, right? And uh, so the most innovative learning related projects in 2020. And uh, so here's the winner and then here you are. That's a, a picture. So who are those people on this picture? Yes. I love that they used our Zoom picture. So those are all our crucial team members. So there's Carmen and then Barb and Monty. And then the we have eight interns who joined us. And then Joanna, who actually wrote most of what we have in the application for Fast Company. And Joanna and I have been friends since second grade. And so she knows me really well. And and said yes to helping me write the application. But those are our co-designer interns who are from Downey Unified School District who are in the picture with me and my amazing, amazing colleagues who none of this would have been possible if they didn't jump in and give their magic. Yeah, I mean, what a great message to, sh to show, you know, what a small group of people can actually do to change, you know, change lives and change, yeah, change the world, yeah, yeah. Dream team for sure. Yeah, great. Yeah. So I want to uh, change our focus a little bit. It's really nice to learn more about you, your work. I know your Zoom of Genie is actually writing grants. 
And uh, like as I mentioned earlier, you have generated millions of grants for your clients, for the schools that you guys are working with. So if someone approaches you and asks you, hey, June, this sounds really interesting. And I can't believe you do this to make a living. So if I'm interested in applying for grants to support my company and to be exposed to more opportunities, like how do I even get started? And to me, I'm not a grant writer. I, I just have no idea, you know how to get started and what to do, where to even look for grants. And even right now with COVID, I know your business is thriving, doing so well, but I feel like most people are stuck in where they are. They are probably not even actively searching for opportunities that are out there can actually help them, but because they are in that their own blind spot, they don't even see that. So share with us, for people who are interested in applying for some grants, like how to get started and like what to do. Right. So that's an interesting question. And I have to, so for me, a lot of it has been, uh, I've written federal and state grants. So I'm based in California. So to get started, I would say, and I actually wrote a couple uh, short articles about it. So, so I would say the first thing is to know what, you would like to have happen, right? Like, what are you trying to get funding for? And to be really clear, because what you don't want to do is get swayed into just chasing the dollars and then and then move away from your mission and your vision because you're constantly chasing dollars. So it'd be better if you're really clear about what you want to accomplish and then find funding that fits into that. And so I know that sounds easier said than done, but it's important to be really clear. And then I would say, uh, I mean, and then I work in such a niche environment. I really work with just school districts, public school districts, and mainly in California. So my uh, sphere of what I know really well is is very small. And so it just really depends. There's so many grants out there. I feel like we're so lucky these days with Google. There's so many resources. If you're interested in federal grants, there's actually a great resource at grants.gov. And, and then there's a lot of resources that the government provides. Uh, pretty much every federal department offers some kind of uh, public grant funding. So it's just sifting through the different applications that are available. And so there's just many, uh, again, state agencies. I work a lot with the California Department of Education, their grants, and then the California Community Colleges Chancellor's Office grants. So those are the ones that I really know well, but but I feel like uh, there's foundation grants, there's so many opportunities. Wow, that's great. So you shared a few resources. So I'm going to share my screen right now. Everyone feel free to take a screenshot and write down the names. So I'm also going to share this article in the comment section. Feel free to check it out. Actually, June wrote a LinkedIn article sharing some of the tips that she just mentioned. So here's one site, uh, Grants 101, and that you guys can check it out. I'm going to check out this myself. <laughs> and then here's another one on uh, grants.gov and uh, another place of free resources that people can check them out. So share with us, June, like how competitive those grants are. Like, do you have a like uh, estimated like a ratio, like how many applications they receive? What's the number of people you don't know, right? Uh, you know, sometimes they post those and sometimes they don't. It just depends on the grant and who the funder is. So I know in California, sometimes they'll post uh, the whole list of who gets funded. But 
sometimes they'll post the top scoring ones and then who didn't get funded. So it just, again, depends on the funding agency, what they make public. Uh, so that's hard to answer. I don't have a really good sense of what the, what the number of people who get funded versus the number of applicants. So yeah, I'm not really good at answering that. Oh, no worries. I just know you are very successful at writing grants. I, I think that's good enough. You know, as Barb shared that you has brought in more than 60 million in grant awards for her clients just in the last, last five years. I think just for that, you need to really celebrate. And so I wonder if you can share with us <clears throat> some like resources that we can improve our writing, especially grant writing. Are you just like naturally really good at this? Or like other like classes or books that you read, classes you took, or like uh, thought leaders in the space that we can follow to improve our own craft? That's a really good question. So I have actually two journalists on my team and I find journalists are great at, at shifting from being a journalist to being a grant writer because it's, it's a story. So if you can tell a compelling story for why you need the grant funding, that really is, is helpful. So it's interesting because I've gotten to the point where I have actually become somebody who helps generate ideas. And then I ask writers who are way better writers than I am to help write the story. And so for me, I've actually shifted where I used to do a lot of the grant writing and now I have more people on the team who are doing it. And then I feel like it's really read the instructions. I can't say that enough. <laughs> Often it's not sexy. It's just following the instructions. So what we do is we actually write out all of what the requirements are and, and then just make sure all of those get addressed. And often the grant, right, the grant funder will tell you what they want. They'll have a scoring rubric. So follow the rubric and just make sure that you are addressing what the scorers are going to be looking for. So in many ways, the funder gives you a lot of resources. So if you just choose how you put that in, I mean, I've actually done this where I will write down all of the requirements and then it's like cooking. I'll just sprinkle it into the writing in some way so that, cause you got to think about the reader, right? Mm -hmm. And so think about that they're checking off the rubric on, hey, did I see this? Did I see this? So the easier you can make it for the scorer, the better your chances are of getting funded. So I would definitely say those are just some ways to think about it is think about the reader and what would compel them to keep reading and what would compel them to want to score you higher than your competition. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me of social media, right? Like I do so much like social media copies for myself and other people. You always have to, this is not about your story, but always about the people who are actually reading the story. So that's uh, really, really key. And I find it's really uh, interesting that you actually mentioned read the instructions. So are you saying that people don't actually read the instructions or? Well, I've seen, I've been, well, I feel like uh, there are definitely, so you could think about people are trying to eliminate as many people as quick as possible. Hmm. So an easy way is to eliminate those who don't follow the instructions. So that's one of the worst things is to get eliminated before you even make it to the pool that gets read. So I would definitely say, especially the federal government grants, they are very unforgiving. 
<laughs> I have seen disqualified grants who maybe miss a form or miss. Wow. It's very, it, those are the things that I lose a lot of sleep over. It's the minutia. So wow. I, would, I would also say find people on your team who are very, very detail oriented. I was about to say that. Make sure that you mark all of the requirements that are that are expected because it's not just the writing there's all these required forms there's all these little things i mean you could get disqualified for having the wrong font to not having page numbers. Uh -huh. yeah because you know it makes it it makes it easier for the reader just to say oh you didn't follow instructions you're done wow. so Wow, that's interesting because in my mind, grant writing is only about you know how good the story is, how compelling the argument is. It, it's actually so much more than that, and it's like it's good for me to learn more about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely not a detail-oriented person. If I need to work on this, I have to really team up with someone like you, a lot more detail-oriented than me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious with COVID. Do you see like there is a budget cut in terms of how many like federal, like just like even like school education, like grants for students or in general, or like you, you don't see any? Well, it's interesting. I thought there would be. So we're in the middle of writing some grants right now. So mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure what to expect for us in California. So we actually just turned in several grants last week that went to the California Department of Education. And then now we're in the middle of writing several grants that are due in two weeks for the California uh, Community College Chancellor's Office. And so the grants that we're writing are for young people to be prepared for work. And so it's interesting because they tend to be quote unquote COVID proof, right? Recession proof, mm -hmm. because in my experience, even when we, in the mid 2000s, when we had the recession, those grants kept getting funded because mm -hmm. But because workforce development is something that is a priority. And so so we've been fortunate, knock on wood. <laughs> right. That so far we have seen the funding continue. And so I feel very, very strongly that it's our duty to make sure that we are using the funds wisely and to keep showing and showing the data for the impact of those funds. So the return on investment is really important. Yeah, this reminds me of the saying, right? Opportunities are everywhere and I love it. And what you guys are doing is really very needed, right? I feel like with like so many like internships and even maybe even jobs are just like being canceled and uh, what you are doing is such a great opportunity for the students to accelerate their life and career a little bit, you know, very safe and supportive environment and probably better the like a real uh, internship. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can't do a real internship right away. So for now, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem right that we don't we don't try something. So so I feel totally, like totally. Yeah. So besides writing for grants, are there anything that you are like your team are really fired up fired up about right now that you can share with us? Oh my gosh, fired up about. Uh let's see. So I have these fantasies of becoming a executive producer on some films. So so one of the things that we're exploring and we're in the middle of hiring some um, interns right now is exploring some grants in the in the uh, documentary area. And so that's something that we're working on, which is what kind of grants is that like, do we have transferable skills? Can we take what we're doing in education 
and apply it to a whole nother industry? Could we do it for entertainment? And could we do it in terms of getting more uh, stories told by di diverse filmmakers? So that's something that's really important to me is to sh see more stories get out there. So so that's something we're, we're working on. And something I'm super fired up about is just having more co-designer interns with us. So we're in the process, like I said, we just finished interviews and uh, we will be hiring very shortly. And so I'm excited to update our Work Wonder website. I'm excited to have them do our live stream and mm -hmm. I'm excited to have them really help us with our marketing and uh, social media because it's, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with interns who get work experience as high schoolers and then what happens to them over time because it's one of the things that I've been grappling with for so many years as a researcher. And so now to actually be involved with being able to see what happens and then, and then just making sure that we constantly are asking and making sure that we're doing it together of what's needed. So I'm so thrilled that we're doing it and I'm thrilled that we're working with some new communities on these projects. And so for me, that's something I'm just, thrilled about and to see that public dollars are getting spent in different yeah. ways. So, and we're working with, with Joe only public schools. So these are mm -hmm. communities that have 70% uh, of students get free and reduced lunch. 98% are kids of color. It's, you know, uh, lots of first generation students. So we're doing a lot uh, for people who, who I feel like I've just embraced. These are, a lot like how I grew up. I'm first generation. I, you know, my, my mom's a single parent and, you know, made minimum wage most of the time I was growing up. And so I feel like a lot of the, the young people we work with are people who, where, where we share similar stories. Yeah, I love it. I can really feel uh, your passion, you know, as I hear you speak. And I think those students are really lucky to have opportunities like this to really improve their their skills that traditional students may not have. And also I love how you mentioned having those transferable skills because I think we are entering today's gig economy. Like you work on multiple projects. I work on multiple projects. It's really important for our students to be able to learn how they can translate the skills they actually developed through one project into other projects, you know, see the interconnections. And I think that is a very, very important skill. And I, I'm excited. I can't wait to coach more students and work with more students through you and uh, really, really exciting. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just wrapping up here. What a great interview. So do share with us where I shared you social media earlier, but now you are so active on social media, which I'm really happy. So share with us where can people learn more about you and from you to stay in touch? Well, we are, I'm on LinkedIn. And thanks to you and your support, we are doing a live stream every week. So tomorrow I'll be doing a live stream with an intern uh, at 3 p.m. And then we, I'm on LinkedIn as the, you know, and then on Facebook, uh, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, what else am I on? I think we have uh, Instagram. I have, uh, we have a YouTube channel for Baya Group and we have Vimeo. So. Uh, we actually have a series of videos we've put together that's on Vimeo. So uh, look up Bea Group. So 
it's we're, we're trying. And so one of the things that I'm excited about is to have more interns help us with uh, content and and just sharing their stories on the various the various social media platforms that we have. Yeah, and totally. And also, like, again, you know, the reason I left academia is really because students are not learning what actually matters, right? So through this program, working with you, they're actually developing those very important 21st century skills that they can actually apply right away, right? After the class, they can actually apply. So I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, make sure you connect with June, follow her on different social media channels, and also check out their weekly live streaming podcast on different channels, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn Live. You recently gained access to LinkedIn Live. Congratulations. So check them out on every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time and 6 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, which is tomorrow. So definitely check it out. And thank you so much, Jim, for an incredible you. interview. I just love chatting with you. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us live from all over the globe. So next Wednesday, and for some of you next Thursday, and I'm having another coach on the show to talk about money mindset and why we need to work our mindset in order to have more abundance in our life, in our business, financially speaking. So definitely bookmark your calendar for next Wednesday or Thursday, the same time, same location. I hope to see you. And thank you so much again, June, for an incredible interview. You are you. my friend. Thank you so yeah. much, Ray. It's good to yeah. see you. Thanks, everybody.